The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everybody and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. We appreciate you so much and, and all that you're doing on the planet today to be difference makers by your willingness to be different. Uh, we love hearing from you and love the feedback that you give us about shows that we have and also inclusive of shows that you want to see us have. Um, this is, I know, one of my favorite times each week is to be with people that are incredible that because of their life experiences um, that have shaped shifted them they are convinced and clear that they want to play a part in bringing those experience to either heighten someone else's uh, moments or prevent them from having experiences that they've had so today we have an expert she is called the love biologist welcome to our show today dawn masler thank you for Hi. being with us Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Well, I, I loved um, looking at your website and all that you've done and, and your commitment, and, and thank you for that. It's like I, I like to say often, our history, it, it describes us. It's not necessary to define us. We mm-hmm. can make different choices and get more education. And so talk to us about you and, and how you became a love biologist and your journey. Well, it's exactly what you described. I had a lot of mistakes when it came to relationships. I was a woman who was attracted to the wrong men. I, At the time, a few years ago, I was, came to South Florida, and I started this job. I was working at as a biology professor, and I was attracted to this bad boy biker in the band. So <laughs> during the day, I was this professor at school, and at night I'm following this band around the different bars, and it was not, if I had ever stopped to think about how our life fit, didn't fit together, or or if I actually caught him, if it would fit together, I would have, you know, stopped and went, oh, this wouldn't work, but I just went off re- reflex. So eventually he married somebody else and broke my heart, and then I went after another guy, and that didn't work, and then another guy, and that didn't work. And eventually I got to the point where I had to figure out what the common denominator was, and unfortunately it was me. And I took a look at what I was doing and realized that I was making 
I was attracted to the wrong men because of, you know, some past issues, and um, I had to do some work on myself, and that's what I did. And after I got back on the other end of that, I was I was on fire. I was like, oh, my God, this is great, you know, I, and I need to, and I started talking to other people about it, and I wrote a book, and I started having women groups in my home talking about it. And one of the questions that kept coming up in these women's groups is, well, how does love really work? And since I was a biologist, I was like, oh, I know. I'm just going to go to the, you know, I had access to the best research in the world because I could go into the library at the university and go through all the journal articles. And I was like, I can figure out how love works. So I went and I did it. It took me five years to actually kind of go through and piece together exactly how love works. And what Men Chase Women Choose, that book talks about exactly the process of from how love works, neurologically speaking, from attraction to how you fall in love, what happens when you fall in love, and into long-term love. And so what were uh, some of the findings um, with your new book? I, I love the title. It, it's so powerful, Men Chase, Women Choose. So take us on, on your journey of, of what you've found to be true or, or like some well-known people say, what we know for sure. <laughs> right. Well, I, I knew I had a lot of anecdotal things. Like if you go to the bookstore, you see tons and tons of relationship books, and most of them are somebody's experience. And we kind of feel like it's true, but I wanted to have concrete scientific evidence to back up my premises. And one of the premises that I had and one of the problems that a lot of the women that I was working with have is that we misunderstand what love really is. We think when we walk into a room and we see a guy and we get butterflies and sweaty palms and our pupils dilate, that that's love. And what what it is really is sexual attraction. And it could lead into love, but it's just basically mother's nature's way of getting you getting you to pay attention. The the next phase, and that's the phase I call meeting, the next phase I call dating is where you build up the neurotransmitters to fall in love. It's a different set of neurotransmitters that come into play. And eventually what happens with those is that you reach a tipping point and then you fall in love. Now, I did a, a TED Talk recently about how the how we fall in love, and it's different for men or for women. For women, it's dopamine and oxytocin. Dopamine is the neurotransmitter of reward. It's We get that when we, we gamble, when we play Candy Crush, when we get excited about a date, we build up dopamine. Oxytocin is the hormone of uh, bonding, of trusting. You know, it's, So when you, as you're dating a uh, particularly for women, if you're dating a man and you start feeling comfortable with him, you start building up oxytocin. And every time you kiss and cuddle and date and learn to trust him, it builds up more. And eventually you reach a tipping point where you fall in love. Now, men, on the other hand, they fall in love differently. With their dopamine, they still have the dopamine, but men come under a a thing called the Coolidge effect when it comes to dopamine. And the Coolidge effect is named after 
President Calvin Coolidge, and he had gone on a trip. This, this is a story. The story goes he had gone on a trip to see a chicken farm, and up ahead was his wife. And his wife looks over, and she sees this rooster, and he's being quite amorous with this hen, and she says to the attendant, oh, is that rooster like that all the time? And the attendant says, yes, ma'am, all day, every day. And she got excited, and she goes, you have to tell President Coolidge that. So the attendant runs back, and he tells Ms. says, President Coolidge, your wife wanted me to point out this rooster. And he looks over, and the rooster is being quite amorous with the hen, and he says, I see, son. Let me ask you a question. Is he like that all the time? And the attendant says, yes, sir, all day, every day. And he goes, that's what I thought, son. Let me ask you one more question. Is it the same old hen every day? And the attendant says, no, sir, it's a new hen every day. And mm. pres- President Coolidge says, now run back and tell Mrs. Coolidge that. And that became- <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that became known as the Coolidge effect. We can see it in the laboratory where a man's dopamine increases when he's around a woman and then will drop down suddenly when he's satiated. So if I take a a box of rats, and I put a male rat in with all the females, he'll have his way with all the females to the point of exhaustion. He can flop over in the corner, they can try to lick and entice him, but he won't make another move unless I put a new fresh female in. Then he's up and at him, he's got a spike in the dopamine, and he's after her. So that's something that can happen with a man where it goes rapidly up and down with sexual activity and satiation. The other thing, the other neurotransmitter with a man is vasopressin. So vasopressin increases when he's sexually excited, but rapidly decreases when he um, becomes sexually active. So my grandmother used to tell me, you know, women and men fall in love differently. And if you become sexual with a boy too quickly, you're going to fall in love, and he's not. And I always thought that was pahooey. But now I'm looking at the science, and I'm like, oh, my grandmother was right (laughs) the whole time. Like the wisdom you know, the wisdom that we had. So the science kind of pans it out. But here's the really significant part. You're, you're, you're trying to get to falling in love. And for a man to fall in love, he can reach that tipping point, or here's the other thing that happens. When, when he falls in love, his testosterone drops. And research out of Harvard found that when a man commits to a woman, it causes that drop in the testosterone. So if you want to uh, fall in love together, the best thing you can do is ask for a commitment of exclusivity before you become sexual with a woman, which is kind of wild. If you uh, know, I've heard that before, but I didn't think the science actually would support it, and it does. Wow. Okay, so that's, that's the dating part. Now, what happens when you fall in love? And can so, I... I would like to ask you a question about that because that's something that has always, well, not always, over the last many years, I find that such an interesting um, set of words. If, as a speaking coach or the various other life coaching I've done, what we know to be true is one of our greatest fears psychologically is falling. I understand we're talking about mountains or, you know, at a certain time in our life falling down or when we were kids, babies learning to walk, falling, wasn't really fun. And isn't it interesting, though, to you that we say that we fall in love? 
Well, actually, it is a very good point if, because for a man, it really is like a fall because when mm-hmm. his testosterone drops, he loses his edge. He loses some of his mojo, and that's one of the reasons why men will often hesitate before they commit to a woman. Because if he's got something he needs to do, he's got to finish a degree, he's got to start a business, he's got, he's really, he may not want to get into a relationship because that drop will cut that, that impetus, that, that, you know, that aggression, it will cut that uh, power in him. So a woman needs to, uh, I mean, she, a woman needs to do what she needs to do, but uh, that is something to consider when you're in getting into a relationship. That's incredible. So talk about that element uh, that you were going to share with us from the science and from what you're doing about falling in love. Okay, so now falling in love is actually a neurological event. We can take, we can register uh, your hormones and we can do brain scans. And what we find is, well, let me ask you a, couple, a question. Your neurotransmitters kind of go haywire. Now, one of them is serotonin. That's the hormone of happiness. What would mm-hmm. you imagine it to go up or down? I would imagine it absolutely to go up. Um, anything I've recognized in the last time that I uh, fell in love, which was permanent, um, that I could go on, you know, four hours of sleep, Weeks at a time, <laughs> every day, not, you know, for the whole time. Is it yeah, not? Yeah, actually, it's not. It drops. It does? <laughs> that's the wild thing. That it's, is so weird. Now, who would have figured that? It doesn't, you can't hardly wrap your head around that, right? But what you were describing, the, the cortisol, that's your stress hormone. What do you think happens to that, up or down? It must go up, Right. That's the part, yeah, that goes up. That's the part that you don't, you don't need to sleep. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You don't, you don't have to because your stress hormone's knocking everything out. (laughs) 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 Wow. But the, the serotonin level drops, can drop to the level of someone with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. That's what gives us that obsessive feeling when we fall in love. That's the one where you keep checking your phone and you can't be, you know, you want to be around them all the time. You, five minutes later, you're texting them, you know, that, remember, you probably remember this, you're on the phone and it's like, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. You can't disconnect the phone uh, because of your low serotonin level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What do you mean they called you? They didn't call me. <laughs> really? They were, they called you at 205? Oh, they didn't call me till 212. What is that about? Oh, that's weird. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, yeah, I I remember. I, I could be in that line, too, or join that club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love it now when somebody's in that space. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Every subject you bring up, it's just a direct one-way street. It goes back to it's about that person whom you don't know but you need to keep hearing about. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing that happens is, the reason they can't hold an intelligent conversation is because they actually lose lose cognitive ability. You lose your ability for rational thought. Oh my gosh! It's so like thought? almost like a slight, um, like slightly being anesthetized or something. 
Well, like you're not all there, kind of. You no, know, no, you're not all there. It's funny. I do a I do a live show called the Great Love Experiment, where I bring people up on stage and we reenact some of these scientific experiments. And the one I love to do is the uh, it's an IQ test, and I take somebody who's been recently falling in love, fallen in love, and then someone who's single, and inevitably the one who is single always, you know passes the test with flying colors, you know, and the, the the in love person is like, well, I don't understand. They're like all confused. <laughs> and it's, it's hilarious because, you know, when people are watching it, because you actually see it and I can tell you it happens, but when you see it, it brings it home. That poor person's going, I don't, I, you know, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fascinated by this. This is just, it so puts things in perspective, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, often if we just had a little bit more information, it would it would make things come together so much more more clearer for us. That that's for sure. We're listening to the brilliance of Dawn Masler, and her website is Dawn Masler M A S L A R dot com. Um, she's got this incredible book, Men Chase, Women Choose. Not only that, she has videos. Uh, she's been featured on shows and uh, different television programs for years. She has so much to share about the idea of how we fall in love and the great love experiment. I want to thank all of you for your ongoing support to Unity Online Radio we appreciate your contributions because of you. We are in countries all over the world. Uh, I see people blogging from Switzerland and Iraq, everywhere uh, that they're listening to the show. We appreciate uh, that we're able to reach at that level. If you love what you're hearing, uh, please visit me at templehays.com and firstunity.org. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible... Your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. 
This mindful moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and we're talking to the love biologist, Dawn Masler. She's teaching us how men chase and women choose different ways of how science is giving us the data that we need about falling in love and and how to have successful uh, long-term relationships. You know, as we've been talking, um, I've been hearing that song, um, I Might Be Dating Myself, but it's, uh, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> Been there, done that, had to get a brand new camera. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. So, uh, right, exactly. So it's just, it's just really strong in my ear right now. Uh, <laughs> That's great. So, oh, what a journey. And I'm so grateful that you're, you're willing, um, you know, to share yours and put yourself out there and, um, I just, I'm all about people like yourself that are, are willing to share the journey so other people, you know, like I said in the beginning of the show, can either expand their experience or avoid, you know, some of them. So let's pick up with that information about we're falling, falling in love. Tell us more. Okay. Well, the other thing that happens when you fall in love, we talked about, the cognitive ability shuts down. More of your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down. There's a part called the ventral medial prefrontal cortex. That's the part that judges the other person. That shuts down when you fall in love. You know, that old saying that love is blind or you can't, you know, you you got a girlfriend and she's, an, oh, isn't this guy wonderful? And you're going, what was she thinking with this guy? But that's what's happening into her brain. Um, so there's another part that's called the amygdala. Oh, the, the ventral medial prefrontal cortex not only judges the other person, it also judges yourself. That's one of the reasons why we love falling in love, because all those old tapes from your third grade teacher that said you were bad at 
art, and your professor in college that said you couldn't write, and your mother saying that, you know, you're a bad kid, all those shut down too. So we feel wonderful. We're like light as air. We're happy and joyous and free. And it ha- you know, that lasts for a while. I'll tell you how long in a minute. The other part is the amygdala. That's the part of the brain that sounds the alarm. So even if you happen to notice something wrong, like you look in his trunk and he has a, a sold-off shotgun and a ski mask, it doesn't register because the part of your brain that should be telling you something's wrong is not working. So you look at it and you're like, okay, I'm not feeling a bad thought or feeling. Let's go on. It should be fine. You might even you might even believe he does winter duck, deer hunting, you know, the that's what the gun's for. So you just you you believe anything at that point. Um, that I call falling in love temporary insanity because of that. We also lose. I mean, I'm par- just I'm you know I'm not you're not getting a comment from me because in a way I'm I'm in a I'm in a little bit of shock. <laughs> <laughs> you know because it's it's just like wow. I mean, literally every statement you're making, I could go wow. Why didn't somebody give us this information? This makes just so much sense. And it explains, too, why we have this tremendous honeymoon phase. Even if we're not married, we have that phase. And then we wake up one day and go, who are you? (laughs) How did you go from being so perfect to, well, you're not now? (laughs) Exactly. Because we're kind of in a whole other world, aren't we? We're like, oh, my gosh. We're like anesthetized is the word that I knew that we did that when, you know, uh, being a shamanic practitioner, I knew that we did that when people die or we're in deep throes of grief or something. I knew that we are naturally anesthetized. We may call it shock or other words, shut down. But mm-hmm. I knew that there was a part of us that couldn't even feel at depth. But what you're saying is just really profound. I mean, everybody needs to get this book so that they can know the process they're going through. One cost of a book would save a lot of a lot of money, wouldn't it? Oh, boy. Think of the, all the divorces it would save. Oh, the yes. Pe- the people that, well, for example, uh, Pamela Anderson, this is the classic, the classic one, is Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you earlier that sometimes we confuse what the feeling of sexual attraction is with love? Yes. They met and married within 96 hours. They totally confused it. And then because once, you know, once they become, she became sexual, she fell in love. And at the end of their relationship, because of the uh, turmoil, because of the, the feeling that you think that love is that sexual attraction, you have to keep creating that drama to feel the same way. So they would get in these fights, and, and eventually he ended up spending four months in jail for sexual uh, assault charges. And even after he got out, he, they still tried to work it out. And they, he, he was quoted as saying, we've only tried it 800 times, 801, here we come. Of course, we know the story, they didn't, they didn't last, and that lasted about three years. And here's the thing, that that anesthetation, you know, the, the effect of your brain that we were just talking about, lasts uh-huh. between one and three years. And then, like you said, you wake up one day and you go, who are you? You've changed. 
you're not the guy I was with or the girl I was with, you know. What happened to that person? Because we were we were under this veil of illusion. I had one of the girls I worked with in my group would come into my group every week and she would just be blistering with anger and she's like, he was such a jerk and blah, 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 blah. And she, they, she had been married for two years and was going through a divorce. And she couldn't understand why he didn't understand that he was such a jerk. Now, in, a, in the beginning, she loved him. She thought he was great. And he, then eventually he turned into a jerk. And she just wanted him to see that he was a jerk. Of course, no one wants to, you to think of them as a jerk. So, of course, he pushed her away and decided to get a divorce. And that's what happens to some people when, the, when your brain starts coming back. You start judging them, and not only are you judging them, remember those old tapes about, like, your, your, uh, your third-grade teacher and your professor? Those come back, too. And your mother that's, you know, and all that, that, that self-talk that says you're not good, those come back. So you start having doubts about yourself, about the relationship, and about the person. And that's where a lot of people have trouble. And uh, the research from Dr. Helen Fisher her original research showed that the average marriage in the United States lasted about two years. Right about that time, your brain comes back. So, oh my gosh, that's that's real. The average length of relationship. Did I hear that correctly? Well, the I'm sorry, I, I did say it wrong. It's not the average length of the relationship. The highest. Amount of divorces is in the first is it that first two, yeah, that two still, year? Yeah, still. I mean, I don't know. That sounds pretty like the same. Wow, that's something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you see it over and over again. If you look at like the the news, you know, the celebrities that it's always like two years. Two, there's a lot of two years. There's some that last longer. Um, but uh, what was it? The girl from Big Bang Theory that that was like mm-hmm. eighteen months. Um, and it's it's just like boom, boom. You know, uh, I, I can't think of any, I can't think of them offhand. I used to have a whole list of them where it was. Like, sure. But I, even in, in our, even to the listeners, we can kind of think of, I've known many people that in that first two year period, they're like gaga, you know, and then, then the next thing you know, they're like trying to get out of something that just a few months prior, they never wanted to be away from something, you know, <laughs> and I just, you know, a lot of it I just thought is that, you know, people weren't often psychologically coming to a relationship with fullness. You know, they our teacher used to say to me that, you know, it's two half buckets coming together to hope to make one. Um, and, and you run out, you know, after a while. Or uh, people that they kind of collapse into a relationship and they're not being who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course that one day they are going to wake up and like really want to be their authentic self. But what I find so, so interesting and it, it's not the same. So please, you know, hear it. I'm talking more to the listeners more than you. I, I don't mean it in a condescending way, but it's, it's like all the people that, that run around and judge alcoholics, you know, well, because they always treated it as a personality flaw, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, it's, Oh, that person, they ought to know better, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was their upbringing. It was this. It was that. When what we know now is there's a chemical in the brain, Mm -hmm. you know, that I just happen to have 
And no matter what I do, that chemical is there. Um, and that has was a great awareness that they proved that. Um, and this is kind of the same in a way, but different. It's like, because what you're saying is there are certain things that our body does that is not like our, our personality is just choosing to jump in and be out there and not use our cognizant self. This data is saying that we're, we're not even fully able to access it if we wanted to. I'm glad you're the author of this because obviously this is too hard for me to speak. I'm just having too many aha moments at one time. So, But that's basically what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not under your control. It's not under your control. Wow. Correct. So your, your mother nature does this to you and then after. Now, what is under your control some, for some people is the length of time. One of the things that you would probably appreciate is that taking care of yourself, loving yourself, meditation actually is a huge one because mm-hmm. that amygdala, that part that shuts down, that also comes back. And when it comes back, it can create anxiety. It can also create anxiety in the beginning of a relationship when you're starting to learn to like somebody. And meditation has been found to shrink the mass of the amygdala. So even if it comes back, it's, it's not as loud. It's, the voices in your head shut down. You know, you know if you're a meditator that that's what happens. But the science now supports that that's what's happening inside your brain. It's shrinking down the mass, so your alarm system is... It's still there, but it's much more quiet. It's not creating the anxiety, um, but that it, it could. And that, but that one girl that I just told you about, she had a huge amygdala because the bigger, or the not the bigger, but the more trauma that you had as a child, the mm-hmm. more the bigger the amygdala gets. And that poor child's mother had passed away early on, so she had a lot of trauma in her life. She never really grieved that. So that was that was a complication to her relationship issues. Um, was the the structure of her brain and then also never really dealing with that grief. Uh, unfortunately for her, what happened was that um, when she was about seven eight years old, I think, her mother passed away suddenly. And her father remarried relatively quickly, with like within the year. And then she was supposed to pretend like nothing changed and just go along with it. So she never really got a chance to grieve. She never really got a chance to, she was bewildered. So when by the time she got into a relationship, um, her she had all these comp, you know, underlying complications you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of when you get into a relationship, but it came back to sabotage her later. Fascinating. So let's talk about the next phase. So this is this is all the fun stuff. This is like what happens, you know, the crazy stuff that happens to your brain. But my question, my main question was, I wanted to know how I got to that park bench holding hands with my husband of, of fifty years. You know, I wanted that long term love. I think that's the that that's the love everybody wants. So. When your brain comes back, we said a lot of relationships come to an end. There can be a lot of turmoil. But researchers found that they started looking at the combination, the factors that are in people with long-term relationships. And they looked at like 40 different factors, and they could only find one thing in common. 
and that was the ability to maintain positive illusions of the other. See, now when your brain, your brain is shut down, the cognitive part and the ventral medial prefront, the judging part shut down, when, you, when, you, when it comes back, the neural activity actually increases in that area, which sounds counterintuitive. You're like, wait a minute, first it was deactivated, now it's coming back full force, but they still stay together for a long time? And it appears what's happening is they are using it to selectively judge the other person. So let's say you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, that guy's this, this person that I thought I was in love with is now smacking his teeth when he eats his cereal, and it's really annoying. <laughs> you can focus on the annoyance, or you can focus on the part that you like about the person. Mm. And so there's these memes that you know we see every now and then about how falling in love is by chance and staying in love is by choice. Mm-hmm. That, that turns out to be scientifically proven. That is scientifically sound reasoning because what happens is on that on you know, year three plus one day, you now make a choice. You decide what you focus on, and it, you can maintain positive illusions. And an illusion means that it's not necessarily has to be true, but you decide to focus on the good in your relationship. And that's what what brings them through, what brings people in long-term relationship through. There's more to it. They, You know, we, you can keep up passion by dopamine. We talked about earlier by doing new and novel things together. You need to keep up oxytocin in the woman by cuddling, kissing, um, talking to each other, you need to keep up the testosterone in the man by being respectful, by giving him wins. W- one of the ways I do it is um, my significant other does not, uh, or I don't open jars anymore. Every time I have to open a jar, I bring it to him. And when he opens it, I go, thank you, baby. You know, you know, I give him a good attaboy. And he kind of, you know, he feels good, I feel good. And I give him like those little wins, and I appreciate it when he does things for me, and I, I make sure that, you know, I, I'm, um, you know, when he does something good, I point it out. I don't just let it. Oftentimes, what I would do in my past relationships, my I've been married a couple of times, unfortunately, is that I would say, "Oh, he should have done that. That was his job." Right. It, but now it's like, oh no, no. It's, I'm going to notice it and say, hey, thank you. Thank you for taking out the trash. Thank you for, you know, it's, it's a small thing. It's a very, very small thing, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and we all like to be, we all like to be appreciated, don't we? I mean, we, we all really, you know, love and, and benefit that. And I, 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 I like that I'm um, right on track with, you know, when I do a wedding, I don't promote myself to do that many. But when I do, I I then really am in that space of, um, you know, with those vows and those kind of things, I do tell them it's a daily, it is a daily choice. You know, you wake up in the morning, liken to the person in front of the mirror, and you even, you decide, I'm going to behold all the wonderful qualities or I'm going to choose to focus on what's wrong. And it, exactly. it's the windows of our, of our heart in, in our, our doing so, isn't it? Well, with the work that 
that you do and thank you so much for um, allowing your own personal discoveries to benefit you know so many um i'm sure that uh, this book we will be hearing about it for a very long time and how successful it is um, that being said you know with the title um men chase women choose um would also um same sex couples find uh, some parts of the book that are applicable to their own relationships absolutely the This is all based on peer-reviewed research, and unfortunately, a lot of the research on same-sex couples is needs. We need more of it. We it's lacking. There's not a lot out there, and it's because one of the reasons is it's a smaller portion of the population, and you need to have a certain amount of population for a study to occur. So you're taking, you're trying to get a small population to sign up for a study on relationships, it's kind of hard sometimes to get them to to participate, but they have. So some of the things that are kind of interesting is that in the beginning of the book, I talk about how our brains are actually different. Men and women have different brains. And what they have found is that a man is on one, one end and a female is on the other end and a, your brain, uh, you have certain like, sexually dimorphic structures in your brain. Um, that means that it's affected by testosterone, and they'll be bigger or used indifferently. And it appears that, like, a man in a uh, a homosexual or a bisexual person would be in the middle, and a homosexual woman is closer to a man than to a uh, bisexual man. It would be like man, bisexual woman, Homosexual man, uh, no, I'm sorry, bisexual man, homosexual man, and then female. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Oh, yeah, I'm following you. Absolutely. Okay. So the, those are the brain structures. So that 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 a uh, kind of explains some of the behavioral differences. Now, it, it also, I'm not exactly sure how it would pan out for them to, to fall in love. So it was kind of interesting. I did a TED Talk with a transsexual who was transitioning. But at the time, he he was he's mostly a she now because of the uh, his testosterone is gone. So I think at this point he would fall in love with like a female. But it, it, it we're, I'm not quite sure quite sure how they fall in love. But falling in love is not necessary to being in love because if you go to the end, like I said, your love becomes a choice. You can actually choose just to be in love. Be in a loving relationship, your brain doesn't have to fall in love. I think it's just Mother Nature's way of getting two people close together for a while to get to know each other. Because she's basically, she's getting you close, she's shutting down your brain, and she's like throwing you in a room together for a while. (laughs) Kind of like almost what she's doing. So it's not necessary to have. Um, The other thing that was really interesting that I found in the research about um, uh, same-sex relationships is that when a man commits to a woman, his testosterone drops. When, but when a woman commits to a woman, her testosterone drops. But the interesting thought, the really interesting thing is, and I'm not really sure what it means, but when a man commits to a man, it has no effect on his testosterone. Wow. Is that kind of interesting? 
I would say, well, that's been a big word for me today, don't you think? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recall. I've been doing this show for many, many years. I don't recall so many wows in one (laughs) sec. Thank you for wowing me, okay? Oh, it's fun. I love to wow people. (laughs) Well, (laughs) gosh, that, that is such a surprise. Hmm. I'm not sure exactly how to interpret that data, but I did find it to be very interesting. And women have naturally low testosterone, so I don't know what the benefit of her additional testosterone dropping, but it does. Men usually have 10 to 20% more than, or 10 to 20 times more than women do. And And the thing about testosterone is when it drops, here's the cool part. Testosterone uh, blocks the effects of oxytocin. That's that bonding hormone. So when Mm -hmm. it drops, it makes him more likely to bond to her. And here's kind of this is kind of the really wild part. If they if their union produces a baby girl, a male and a female produce a baby girl, his testosterone can drop. I hate to say this, some of your some of your listeners might not want to hear it, but it can drop to to castration level. Wow. There I go. I did it again. <laughs> I can just record myself and push it. Wow. 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 Fascinating. The research is really it's really fun. It's really fascinating. It's that's why it took so long to put the book together. I was doing the same thing when I was researching, like, oh wow, I gotta put that in. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot that I left out that I, they couldn't even get into the book because there's so much research out there and so many really cool things that are happening to you. But I had to stick with, you know, I, I had to stick with the course of, you know, how you meet, fall in love, and then long-term love. And it's helping so many people just have some clarity and of the things they aren't in control of, less stress, and then decisions about choices, right? Yeah, so. I have a I have a girlfriend who recently, she was married about, I guess she's coming up on two years, but she had about a year and a half, and she's like, oh, 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 tell, how much longer do I have? Tell me how much longer I have, because she was like so enthralled and so, you know, she was in that euphoric stage, you know. She's like, so are you going to tell me it's going to end? I'm like, it's, it's going to mellow out, <laughs> but it's going to be fine. You're not going to fall out of love with him. It's just going to mellow out. The, the choice becomes up to you. <laughs> I just love it. And it's made tremendous difference in your own life, obviously, uh, to become a, a spokesperson about it and benefiting others. Is there another story of um, someone that something's really changed for them, either staying in or getting out, you know, one of those frames or references? Yes, yes. I had a I had a woman come up with me. Um, it was actually referred to by a friend, and she's like, you know, that. The, she's been in this relationship. It was about three, three and a half years or something, I think. And she was not sure. She was like all confused, and she's like, "I'm not sure. I really want to be with him anymore." And one of the things I tell women in the beginning is to create a list of like what you want in a person. So I sat down with her and I said, "You know, what what are the parts that you want about the person?" And she said, "Everything that I wanted in a person, I, I um, he has." I mean, everything is great. I just feel differently now. So I was able to kind of talk to her and explain what happens to you and how your brain, you know, what happens to your brain when you shut down, how long it lasts. And she was like, oh, 
So that's it. And I said, now, this is what you can do. If you want to get that feeling back to help get the feeling back, you need to do um, one of the, the, the neurotransmitters I said is dopamine, of passion. She wanted to get that passion back was to do new and novel things together. So now she, they, they, she enacted uh, date night. And once a month, they do something new together. And she says it's made the world of difference because it, they, they're like kids again because of that dopamine gives them that, that euphoric kind of fun feeling of playing. You know, they, they were getting into uh, a rut, you know, just going to work and getting, you know, and because of her brain losing that euphoria that she had, she really felt the difference. So it, she, the long-term relationship actually takes a little bit of work, but it's fun work. You know, that's the fun part of it. And I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, within the midst of a couple of things that we talked about is uh, certainly for individuals, but definitely for couples, the value of doing new things, getting out of the norm, uh, the rut, uh, seems to be tremendously helpful with a thriving relationship. You know what else is really helpful, which is uh, perfect for unity, is community. Community mm-hmm. is huge, particularly for a woman, because one of her main neurotransmitters is oxytocin. And you get a lot of oxytocin by being in a community, by doing things with your friends, by doing things uh, for people, like volunteering, um, going to church. When you're, when you're involved in something like that, you get a big, huge boost, and that helps you feel more comfortable. Actually, if a woman's oxytocin drops too much, she gets depressed and she loses interest in sexual activity. So that's Say it. that last statement again. <laughs> <laughs> if oxytocin- I said something different than wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the research shows when a woman's oxytocin level gets too low, she can lose interest in sexual activity and, be- and feel depressed. You know, so she le- kind of loses that whole like zest for life. So when you get a nice boost of oxytocin by going to church, by hanging out with friends, by being in a community, that helps spring back that zest for life. I believe that's a very key point, especially, I know that no one particularly wants to be a statistic, but when we look at some of the statistics out there based upon averages or collective data, um, there, that would be applicable, I would think, to a lot of, of, a lot of women out in the world, uh, especially many of them through the years in coaching that I've seen to be aware of that and mm-hmm. to, um, supplement themselves with that particular element. Your other option is to buy some oxytocin and spray it in your nose. <laughs> and, and where? I'm being, I'm being facetious, but it, it would actually work. <laughs> You're being facetious, but you can really do that? <laughs> you can actually do it. I wouldn't suggest people to do it. It's better to get it naturally. <laughs> you're but just trying to get me to say, well, again, I know you're working it. <laughs> that's what they did in the studies. In the studies, they had like they have to do oxytocin and then placebo. So they had one spray it in their nose with oxytocin, the other placebo, and then they found that the sexual interest went up and... That's how they discovered the linkage there. Mm. It's just incredible. Well, I'm. I just applaud you for the for the work that you're doing, and 
and how you're supporting so many people and having healthier lives. And I mean, there's just no number really of, um, of how people can benefit of having a, the information to learn how to have a sustainable relationship and putting the value on really understanding what happens in a way that it really matters. You know, it matters enough for us to have the information. It matters enough to, to look at a broader realm of how to have that lasting romance in, in one's life. I don't want to remind everyone to go to uh, Dawn's website, dawnmassler.com, Dawn, D-A-W-N-M-A-S-L-A-R.com. You can... Um, Benefit from her YouTube, Facebook, following her on social media, as well as um, ordering the book. It would be one that I would greatly uh, recommend and order some extra copies, too, because I think it's very evident that many of us uh, within our own circle know people that can truly benefit from this work. Dawn, thank you so much for being on the show today. It, it's really been a pleasure to have you and um, I've I've loved that I've uh, been so animated with some of your shock factors. <laughs> it's been really great and uh, I applaud you for the work you're doing. When you see that you're headed over on the West Coast, uh, let me know and we'll, we'll, we'll find a place to feature you here. That would be great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. My pleasure. And to all of you as listeners, uh, join us on templehays.com or firstunity.org. And it's always a pleasure to know that so many of you are out there being intentional spirits. As I like to say, there's a big difference between people who have intentions, which could be just great ideas, but intentional people carry those ideas through. Have a great week and thank you for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Haven't we all stood on the bank of a quiet pond and tossed a stone into the water? 
Haven't we seen the ripples move outward from the place where the stone entered the water until the whole surface of the pond danced with the movement of energy? Before long, we could no longer clearly see the point where the stone entered the water. My inner environment of thoughts and feelings behaves much like a pond. When I introduce a thought of peace into my mind and heart, that single thought creates a ripple effect that really does change the world. From its beginning point within me, peace ripples out to fill my inner world and continues to move out into the world around me. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, 
practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.